I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and I thought for a change, I'd try and revive the idea of doing um, On This Day in Millwall history, possibly wider history, but Millwall history, certainly. Um, I haven't done many of these for a little while, um, many reasons, I suppose, um, stuff and nonsense generally, but um, I thought it would be nice to revive the idea again. It's Friday the 24th of September. The original idea I had was to try and turn these out on the day, on this day, you know, on the 24th. not always possible. Sometimes there aren't that many events on this day in the randomly generated year, that the way we do it. I really do use a random number generator to find a year and then see what happened on this day or as close to it as I can get. But anyway, today's randomly chosen year, thanks to the random number generator, is 1967 in Mill history. And we find um, the people, Sunday people, dated the 24th of September, 1967. We have a report of a one-all draw. Millwall 1, Bristol City 1. And the headline for the piece by Peter Smith of the Sunday People is it is so easy to pinch a point at the den. Managerless Bristol City snatched their first away point of the season in four attempts, dear listeners. But it was not a noteworthy achievement. Taking a point from Millwall on this dismal form would have been simple for any visiting side from Division 2 downwards. So, um, not exactly a fan, Peter. Um, Centre-halves Kitchener and Connor had little to do in the way of cutting off threats, um, although Millwall were robbed of two goals by City goalkeeper Mike Gibson. Um, Millwall were a dreary side, he says, apart from Armstrong's speed, occasional flashes from Posse and Weller's worrying. It was left to Eamon Dunphy to provide Mills Craft in midfield. It got him nowhere until he decided to go it alone, 
says Peter Smith. So we have, um, it's a one-all draw. Um, Dunphy snatched Mills' equaliser after a bad clearance from Jacobs. He could have had another one, it says, if a shot after dribbling round three men instead he passed to Hunt and Mills' chance was lost. So over overcooking it there by by Eamon. Um, the report continues that Mill desperately need to splash money on a strong leader, although their need is not quite as urgent as Bristol City's, apart from Quigley's scheming and urging in his new role as skipper. City had little to give in the way of hope from getting away from the bottom of the table. Um, the Mill team, uh, Laurie Leslie in goal, John Gilchrist, Leslie's given a 7 out of 10, Gilchrist gets 7, Kitchener gets five, is that? Yeah, five. Um, Wilson gets six. Burnett, Dennis Burnett, six. Jones, five. Star man, uh, Eamon Dunphy, who um, was injured, is eight. Posse gets five. Hunt gets five. Keith Weller, playing in this game, gets seven. Armstrong gets six. The substitute was um, Welsh. I don't know if that's Alan Welsh. Um, six out of ten. He gets now. Um, Eamon Dunphy did indeed leave the the pitch injured. And there's a rather hard to determine because the the, um, the 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 copying is, has made this newspaper photo very dark. But there's a picture of Eamon Dunphy at Mill being led off by the referee, his face covered in blood after a collision with Bristol City fullback Trevor Jacobs. So Dunphy. Goal scorer had to leave the pitch. Um, alternate report from the Sunday Mirror, 24th of September, 67. Mill so mixed up. Um, it's not difficult to see why Mill have yet to win at home this season, says Harold Mays of the of the Sunday Mirror. Um, early chances. They went behind to a 22nd minute snap goal by Chris Crow, Equalised through Damon Dunphy seven minutes later. So all in all, a fairly average... Um, Performance by the Lions on the 23rd of September 1967. Um, other results in the in in the division: um, Palace winning at, at Aston Villa. I see there. Top of the table is QPR, who beat Charlton at home on this particular day. Um, Blackburn in second spot there with a 2-1 win at home over Bolton. Um, bottom of the table: Hull City, Hull City, who went down. Uh, Hull City went down 2-0 at home. They've been at Boothbury Park to Middlesbrough. The crowd at the Den and they were in the one-all draw for the game that we're concerned about, 12,121. That's, that, that draw left Millwall mid-table. Um, home form, nothing new here. You want draws, Gary Rowett fans out there. You've got draws this so far this season. Uh, Millwall's home form, having played nine, um, one none at home. The Bastion, the old, the, the fortress that was Colblow Lane. We've won none at home. Drawn four, and lost once at home. Away from bit better, better away from home. How about that? Um, we've won two, drawn one, lost one, away from home. Nine points so far for the season as of the twenty fourth of September nineteen. 67. Um, elsewhere, I've just got the, the, there's a great page from the um, this is the the Sunday People. I'm just looking at their results pages. Wonderful things to look at. I love it when you get these old um, scans of of papers showing all the other results in the in the in the football league as it once was. Top of the table um, in Division One, Liverpool, um, who beat Everton in the Merseyside derby thanks to a Roger Hunt. Goal bottom of the of the first division Leicester City, who 
got beat 3-2 at Leeds. Goals by Greenhoff and Peter Lorimer, 16 minutes and 60 minutes. Penalty um, offset there by Gibson and Nish. I always remember him, David Nish. I don't know why that name used to stick in my head, but I remember David Nish. Bottom of the Football League in Division 4, as it once was, Port Vale. Port Vale, bottom of the of the fourth division. Um, top of the table there, Aldershot having a good season so far. Aldershot. So there we are. That's the 1967 24th of September report. The Lions would actually continue on to have a decent season. 67-68. Um, we would finish in seventh position in the table. But home form was not that brilliant, interestingly. Um, the end of season table, we were seventh. We'd end up winning nine times, just nine times at Coldblow Lane. Ten draws, ten draws out there for all you draw fans. Um, lost two at home, away from home. We, we were not too bad, actually. Um, five wins away from home, seven draws and nine losses. Benny Fenton was the manager at this point, and he did have a reputation, as I think we've said on previous shows, um, the, the, the one I did with Neil quite recently, um, featured a report with Benny Fenton extolling the virtues of defensive football, and the cost of that, obviously, at home was we didn't win that many. But we did finish in a reasonable position. Only the top two would be promoted from Division 2 in those times. Ipswich topped the table and would be promoted as champions. QPR came in second and would go on to um, preserve their place in Division 1 through the, really through the 70s. They would become... Were they a glamour side? They were a bit of a glamour side. They, they did very well in the mid-70s with Jerry Francis. Um, I think they went close to winning the league one season in the mid-70s. So there we are. Those are the margins upon which um, football turns. Unlucky on Blackpool. Look at that. They were um, kept out of second spot by QPR on goal goal average. It would have been in those times. That was a different thing to goal difference. I think that was a divide, divided the um, goals scored into the, the, the goals conceded produced a figure which um, was called goal average. So they were kept out of... Um, second spot on goal average. Now, one name intrigued me in there, which was obviously Eamon Dunthy. Um, the picture of him being led off the pitch. You can just about make out his head streaming with blood. Um, very interesting character, Eamon Dunthy. And I don't think we've really covered him at all. I think I might have mentioned him, but I don't think I've covered him in any any great depth on, on Achtung Millwall. So I thought this might be the chance just to... Take a quick look at Eamon Dunphy's Wikipedia page with you, dear listeners. I don't know if you ever do things like this. I I love Wikipedia. It's my kind of dream. Um, so here we, we're looking at Eamon Dunphy. I remember seeing him. He uh, Eamon was um, still at the Den when I started going. I started going in 72. So, um, so he left us in... He went for, to Charlton in 74 um, after a fairly... Um, long career with, with Millwall 1965 to 74 so 9 years with the Lions 274 appearances I'm going to check that because sometimes Wikipedia's numbers are a little bit wayward when it comes so the, the, the site to check listeners is always millwallhistory.org.uk that's the one to check so I'm going to just check Eamon Dumphy's um, career here with the 294 total appearances for the Lions 
uh, eight as substitute, 1965 to 74, he would leave us. Uh, actually, December 73 um, would leave us for, for Charlton for 20,000. Actually, what a bad deal. He signed from York City in January 66 for £8,000, and we would sell him to Charlton at, um, in, in December 73 for 20, so we made £12,000 profit there. Um, 294 appearances, eight as substitute. 25 goals. He was a very creative player and as his later career after Millwall and football would show, he was a man of opinion and I like men of opinion as long as they can back it up with with, um, some form of reasoned argument and and Eamon is such a person and they will infuriate and exhilarate in equal measure and I think Eamon Dunphy was that kind of man, is that kind of man was that kind of football player. And Millwall is also a place full of opinionated people and they're not quick to express their opinions. And Eamon also was never slow in expressing his. So it was it was um it was in some ways it was a match made in heaven and in hell in equal measure. Um but yeah, uh, Republic of Ireland International, he was it remains our most capped player, I believe, alongside David Ford, it says here. I haven't checked that at all. Um, he played 23 times for the Republic of Ireland, for his country, as did David Ford. His uh, debut was made for the Republic in the Parc des Princes in Paris in 1965 in a playoff for the, the, to qualify for the 1966 uh, World Cup. Um, that was against Spain. Um, which Spain won 1-0 thanks to Jose Ufate goal. Um, Dunphy described himself in his own words as a good player but not a great player, which is an interesting... um, And I think that's probably the the thing that I would um, take away um, listening to. um, He would go on to become a journalist and TV personality in um, Irish... Um, the, the Irish media and to some extent I suppose in Irish politics which is not an area I'm going to get into dear listeners, you'll be thankful to hear that um, I think any any um, attempt by me to um, speak on Irish matters is like sinking into a quicksand and I don't really, you know, I have no depth of understanding of many of the issues out there, but he would go on after his football career, he would begin with um, began at Manchester United as a youth uh, it joined York City 22 times. He played for York, scoring three goals. Joining the Lions in 1965, um, leaving us for Charlton at the end of um, December 73. 42 times he played for Charlton, three goals. Reading, 75 uh, 77, 77 appearances, three goals, and then he would return to Ireland to finish his career with Shamrock Rovers. Um, 33 appearances there and two goals Um, he had an idea to go back to Shamrock which is an interesting idea to try to retain Irish talent uh, and develop them into a a, a force in in Irish and European terms Um, he would actually win his only medal of his career um, which was the FAI Winners' Cup in 1978 with Shamrock Rovers and he would make two appearances in the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, a, a tournament that no longer exists. Um, it, it, as he put it here, um, Dunphy became disillusioned with the Irish game and dropped out of football, then to concentrate on his journalism. I've already 
already mentioned, a columnist with Irish papers, the Sunday Tribune, Sunday Independent, um, Irish Daily Star. Um, he's written books. Um, a classic of in the football genre was his diary, I suppose you'd call it, Only a Game, a diary of a professional footballer which was actually written um, in the mid-70s. And I remember buying it from that odd club shop that used to be in a like a Methodist chapel up on New Cross Road, long way away from the ground. Um, it was actually nearer to New Cross Station. I remember when Dumphy brought out that book, uh, making a special effort to travel up um, on a... Um, it, was, it, was, it was a Saturday, I think. It wasn't a game match day. And I remember going up there, especially to go and buy it. Might have been in the close season even, and it was a really odd um, shopping experience. You know, cause it was a it was a, a chapel uh, converted into the Mill Club shop, but they had a copy of it. And I remember reading it. This bit about when I was about fourteen years old. Um, it's become rated as a classic of its of its type, and I remember reading it at that age, um, fourteen, maybe maybe I was yeah about fourteen, fifteen possibly. Um, and I remember reading it, and it it was written in a searingly honest style, um, downbeat. It was it depicted names and players um, that I used to you know watch as a kid, and I suppose as a child you you elevate players to be um, heroes, you know, in, in the kind of cartoon sense. And Eamon Dunphy's book depicted them as human beings, which I was probably too young to really. Absorb. I did reread the book later on in life. I don't have it now. I don't know. It's gone somewhere. A couple of, a couple of uh, wives ago, I think. Um, and it's a great book, um, but it's a downbeat depiction of the reality of the job of being a professional footballer, which is something as a kid you don't appreciate, and as, as an adult you you probably can absorb more. Um, so it's worth a read. He would also become an author in his own right. I remember him writing the um, the Unforgettable Fire, which was a, an account of the uh, biography of, of, of the band U2, published in the late eighties, and um, also a, a biography of Manchester United manager Matt Busby, the great Matt Busby. Um, he's also ghostwritten on behalf of, of Roy Keane, his own auto, autobiography. Is it an autobiography of someone's ghostwritten? It's probably not really. Highly controversial figure in Irish um, sporting and political circles. Too much to go into here. Um, many of the, uh, I think, I think Eamon's given to um, controversial opinion. Let's put it that way. Um, he is a podcaster in his own right. His podcast matches the man, and I don't listen to it regularly. I've listened to one or two. They're always um, interesting. Um, a lot of it obviously relates to Irish politics, so there will be limits on um, you know how far you want to listen to that. But it also relates to sport and to issues of a wider, wider interest to the uh, to the English listener. Anyway, um, Eamon is uh, an intriguing character, controversial character, a very Millwall character. He does not care if you like his opinion or if you agree with him. If you disagree with him, he'll probably want to be in, he'll be interested in why you disagree with him and your reasoning. But he's nobody's fool, and I find him an intriguing character. Uh, the name of his podcast is The Stand. He's done well over twelve hundred editions. I'm just looking at um, looking out on, on Apple Podcasts as I'm speaking to you now, listeners. The Stand with with Eamon Dunthy. 
um, subject matters on the most recent ones, episode 1213, the Taiwan issue, can they survive Chinese belligerence in the South China Seas, um, France after the recent security deal, or whatever you want to call it, between Australia, US and United Kingdom, the Ryder Cup is mentioned, um, politics, Premier League review, an appreciation of Jimmy Greaves. The reviews are wonderful, and this probably sums up Eamon Dunphy in a nutshell, these reviews of his podcast, because um, they veer between five stars. One bloke here loves his Irish accent. I'm not sure he'd want to be loved purely for an accent, but more for his um, stature. But um, anyway, he loves it. Five stars he gives it. And then a podcast, Lost in Time, one star, says a bloke called Creeping Death. Um, he gives airtime to rats like Billy Hutchins and Brendan O'Neill. I don't know those. It's embarrassing. Um, this bloke says it's five stars. He looks forward to his podcast every week. A listener from County Down in the north of Ireland. Um, two stars, depending on the guest. One-eyed podcast. Oh, it goes on. People love him or hate him. And I suppose Eamon Dunphy would probably not want it any other way. So an intriguing character, certainly for this particular game that we're looking at today. Um, 24th, the game will be played on the 23rd of September 1967. It's Mill 1, Bristol City 1, the goal scored by the aforesaid Eamon Dunphy, who would leave the field, his head streaming with blood, thanks to a clash with a Bristol City player. Um, I don't know if I've done justice to Eamon Dunphy. I mean, I'm doing this pretty much on the on the hoof. We're going to try and do more of these because it's a nice um, thing to try and get a podcast out relating to these days in in in, part, in the past. We'll see how we continue. I hope you've enjoyed on this day um, with Acton Will. My name is Nick Hart. Um, thank you for listening. I'm going to try and edit this and get it out, knock it out, as they say right now. Do let me know if you want to hear any more like this. Um, they're done fast and furious. Um, and maybe sometimes the crack show for I don't know. But anyway, thank you for listening. We'll try and do some more next week. Until then, Arrivederci Millwall, and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.